0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. Boy, do we have a interesting one for you, a bit different than normal. This man's
1: story is unlike anything I've ever heard before. You know, there were there were two setting suns in front of me, and that's what they looked like, fire shooting off of them, and they were huge, and then a third one came, well. I,
2: I can't see us existing within an infinite universe where there's just not other life forms. Chris Bledsoe's detailed experiences of alien encounters and UFO
0: sightings have become some of the most debated in recent history. Supposedly, the Vatican also got involved in this case at some point because it seemed like Chris's encounters were miraculous.
1: And my friend in the CIA said, when we heard that, it was like bingo. We knew.
0: Then a loud voice rang out in his head saying, you don't understand. I'm not here to harm you. I'm here to help you.
1: Light out everybody
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out podcast. I'm your host Josh. In this studio, I'm joined by these fine gentlemen here, Co-host Austin.
2: I thank you. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good, man. And our producer, Daniel. What's up, man? Hey, everybody. Boy, do we have a interesting one for you. A bit different than normal. Yeah. Not quite as dark and evil and sinister as, as most of our episodes. But nevertheless, very, very interesting, borderline entertaining.
2: Yes. I'd agree.
0: This man's story is unlike anything I've ever heard before. i do not not even quite sure what to call it. Technically, it's a UFO encounter slash alien abduction story, but then it, it ventures into the divine, spiritual world. Could be dealing with some of uh, God's messengers,
2: perhaps. It's also like borderline haunting. Yes, yeah, it is. It's, no, it's
0: strange. Yeah, it does. It does have some paranormal elements to it. It's like hits all of those yeah different marks. So very interesting episode for you today. Before we jump into the episode, I just want to remind everybody to make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places it does really help us out. It's a free way to support the show. And as always, there's Lights Out merch available at MileHireMerch.com. But before we start talking about Chris Bledsoe's story, I got to ask you guys, where do you stand on the question, are we alone in the universe? Do you believe there's aliens out there? And if you do... Do you believe that humans have made contact with them via these UFO encounters that people have?
2: I I believe there has to be other life out there somewhere. It just I I can't see us existing within an infinite universe where there's just not other life forms, even if those aren't necessarily intelligent life forms. They're just it seems like probably there has to be right intelligent life
0: I think I'd at the see, very least I think most people wouldn't say there's other living organisms out in the universe but I, I find it strange some people think that we may be the
2: only intelligent life forms in, in this like human capacity where I can get on board with intelligent life as well I think there's probably less amounts of intelligent life just by the sheer numbers of like imagine all the life forms that have existed on the planet earth how many of them were intelligent you know it's like a very small fraction but
0: so you're saying a dog isn't intelligent austin
2: i I don't know i think jerry's pretty intelligent (laughs) some days uh no but i i i'm on board with the idea that there's intelligent life out there that it has like way surpassed human technology
3: okay okay what about you daniel I actually am not a skeptic about this, and I do believe that there is uh intelligent life somewhere out there in, in the universe. I'm just not sure where okay, yeah, and that's fair because traveling through
2: the universe we can only speculate on how to actually travel light years right it just does that is kind of my difficulty with it, where it's like getting to light speed travel or near light speed travel is insanity but maybe that's because i'm human and i and we just haven't gotten there yet or x y and z but or it's some unknown
0: technology we
2: just don't know anything about
0: or science that we haven't discovered yet in my mind i'm thinking they figured out how to traverse a universe not the traditional way like the way that we do as humans with with our technology but rather they're able to bend space and time and actually travel through it so to speak yeah you know it's kind of a lot of the concepts of interstellar i believe are 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 fairly accurate like theoretically at least that there's you know you could jump through a wormhole and end up in another galaxy or another part of the universe because based on what we know about black holes and wormholes is that it has that ability to create a tunnel through space and time to another you know part of space and so we just don't know how to do it with like
2: as far as we know everything like gets rocket, crushed rocket p- going propulsion it. yeah exactly it's like that's that's ages behind i read this cool trilogy it's called the three body problem trilogy it's by this chinese author it's really long but um yeah he thinks i mean he proposed the idea that interstellar travel and near light speed travel is more about bending space and time around a spaceship rather than like rocket p- propulsion yeah spaceships. yeah
0: That's that's exactly what it is. It's it's being able to distort space time and create almost like this anti gravity bubble around you. That and that's that's what a lot of people think is happening with these UFOs is the reason why they're so elusive and they're they're not easily captured on 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 camera and things like that is because they are in between the this dimension and others. Like they're traveling through the dimensions. Like I mean, in the movie Interstellar, that's exactly what was happening there.
3: Yeah. You know, great visual the, sequence, yeah, too, great visual insane. sequence.
0: I mean, um, to actually put images to these super highly advanced, you know, th- theoretical physics, like it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing to see. And so a lot of people think that's how these UFOs are, you know, coming here or operating around our planet. Do you guys think that we've been in contact with other worldly beings
2: at any point in our history? That's that's hard for me to say. Just because I feel like in in the three-body problem trilogy, I really liked the way he touched on first contact. It's there was no space travel before it. They're just beaming these data points, like of light, across the universe to make first contact. So I would be more on board with that. But I would be curious if if we have been contacted, why isn't it? Um, public knowledge and why would it only be transmitted to high ranking like government officials or something like that um because i feel like it would be a bit more obvious to capture some form of light or data transmission if they're contacting us there would be a way to record it right which they
0: have i mean there's there's something called the wow signal so there's there's actually radio frequencies coming across deep space that we're we're picking up that are coming from other systems, but there's no way to decode it.
2: Wouldn't radio sequences take like really, really, really long time to travel
3: across the universe though?
0: Yeah. Don't quote me on the, the specifics of that. It's been a while since I've, I've talked about that, but we definitely have picked up things like that before. I'm, I'm more so thinking like if you go all the way back in history, like, First contact, as far as we know, here in the United States, was Roswell. Right there's there was crafts that crashed mm-hmm. in New Mexico. They were recovered by the the military, and that technology was was back engineered. There's also talks that maybe they recovered bodies from those those crafts. So I think it's just. I mean, if you look back at history, what were, what are the most powerful entities in human civilization? It's always the government. It's always the military, right? Yeah. So it would make sense that they would able to control first contact in a way and i see what you're saying it's like if you have these advanced civilizations why don't they just say what's up to all of us all at the same time right Right? why is it so secretive and you know it's not readily that information is not readily available to us well i think there's there's a lot of factors that go into that but it, it really goes back to what what you believe about society and who's who's really in charge and who's in control of the world and the powers that be the military industrial complex you you know the the elite at the very top the richest you know politicians and and businessmen are essentially running running the world so it it kind of sends you down this like conspiratorial right path and i get why some people don't want to go down that path because it's you know it's it's a slippery slope and it's very easy to fall into misinformation, things like that. But at the same time, I think there's some some truth to that. And think about what like first contact would look like if it happened the way that you're saying, like alien. Let's just say aliens landed on you know, in the middle of New York City, Times Square. They land, they get out. There's these beings from other planets, and how does the world react to that? You know, and what what happens after first contact? And so there's a lot of there's a lot of theories about what that would look like and is it possible we've already made contact and and even have relationships with with whatever you know species or beings that they are you know from other elsewhere in the universe and so they kind of have an agreement of like you can't do certain things because we will shoot you down yeah or
2: that's why i think i'm not on board with a lot of the theories that are saying that they are manned aircrafts it just doesn't make sense to me that there would be a pilot in a lot of these crafts because if you think about even just human technology when there's a something that we don't understand or we something we need to survey we're sending tech into it we're we're unmanned drone surveillance unmanned just you know how we get uh, seismographs and stuff like that we're only sending tech to glean information from it or even if we need to send a message right it's a digital transaction so that's it's hard for me to buy onto the manned spacecraft because i'm like what purpose would they have sending an entire creature here that would probably be way less cost effective than just sending some form of technology or light digital transmission something like that
0: yeah that's a good point i think they're i think a lot of the ufo sightings are unmanned yeah craft and whether they're extraterrestrial origin or not i think that's a real possibility a lot of people say they're like so that this craft could even be like biological in a way like they're they look to us like machines but they're actually conscious biological beings in essence that are built by so, so cuz it's like yeah like a form of ai robot yeah, or something yeah, like ai drone yeah. sort of situation and some even say that the the alien beings that we have encountered are also ai or some type of you know it, they're intelligent beings but they could be artificially made like artificial right. beings that have been, gotcha. been made yeah it's it's easy to get lost in the, in the, <laughs> yeah. the, the ufo sauce the alien <laughs> yeah. sauce because it's really hard to make heads or tails of anything i mean i, I definitely believe in other other beings from other parts of the universe and i think the universe is far too big for their for us to be the only ones here same i agree with that too and i mean when you just think about the sheer number of galaxies there are just even in our you know this part of the universe it's it's mind-boggling it's like how can we be the only ones and but maybe it's it's a similar situation where none of us have reached that point of of technological you know prowess where we're able to go out beyond our home planet because it's like if there is intelligent life why not just come you know bring us up to speed with everybody else like share the knowledge and and just bring us into this universal federation of 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 civilizations beyond our planet and so that's that's what what kind of gets me and i definitely think definitely think the government and the military know some shit though for sure and as we're seeing in the news lately, like, you know, whistleblowers going forward. And I mean, whistleblowers have been coming forward for years and years and years talking about the different things they've seen um, while working in the military or some of these top secret projects and things like that. And so once you hear their stories, you're like, okay, you know, it's just hard to really think that it's all just misinformation. Some people believe it's just all, you know, the psyop to, to get us to believe a certain narrative. Because a lot of people are worried that the military's eventually going to perform a false flag attack where it's like we're being attacked by space invaders and therefore gives them a reason to go to war again because with space force and things like that you can start you're like well what's that for it's like are we really going to be battling each other in, yeah. in space in the yeah. orbit of our planet or is it to battle outsiders
2: yeah, that'd be a classic George Bush Jr. move. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> they got they got yellow cake in uh, in Iraq. It'd be the same thing with
0: UFOs coming in. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I kind of think sometimes is like the way that they're trying to spin it is like they're saying that it's a threat because it's coming into our protected airspace and things like that. So they're trying to sort of paint this narrative that these unidentified craft are enemies that are enemies and that we should fear them in a way right rather than you know try to study them or whatever which makes me think is it something that they have had control of from the beginning because if they truly did recover this technology back in the 50s i mean they've had 50 plus years to back engineer it replicate it and now use it however they want while also making us think that it's from another planet have you seen the
2: movie arrival yeah, they touch on that too, yep. where it's like the military and government's first reaction is like, load up on defenses, yeah, get the tanks down. in, yeah, yeah, like this is dangerous, but clearly that wasn't the case, you know. So it's it's a very
0: interesting question to ponder for sure because it can go so many different ways, and then on top of that, you've got people who are having experiences with these these UFOs. Not only are they seeing them, but they're being abducted by them, and there's a lot too. Yeah, I mean there's a that's why there's a whole organization called MUFON, which we'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. that, I mean, if you go on MUFON's website, you can see the sheer number of cases that they have and reported sightings and encounters. I mean, it's it, it really makes you think hard on this. Like, are all these people just crazy? Are they really seeing what they're seeing? Are they really having this, this crazy encounter with this extraterrestrial being like they say they are? Or is something else going on? Or are we just completely missing the point and it's something paranormal perhaps or it's something more you know having to do with like the spirit world and and other dimensions here on our planet that we're perceiving as aliens because that's kind of what we've we've learned right like a lot of our media movies has given us the classic alien head you know the big eyes the big elongated head and all that and
2: and Maybe it's not that different, you know, like if you were to explain, a, if let's say I didn't know what a black hole was and you explained to me what a black hole was, I would think that would be something completely paranormal and insane to me, right? right? So yeah, maybe there's a, a bridge between science space and, and the paranormal.
0: I think there's a, that they all are connected. And as you'll see in Chris's story, he has, he really wrestles with what he was experiencing because yeah. i mean he starts with aliens and he ends with god basically yeah. god yeah. almighty himself is is helping him out so let's go ahead and jump into the absolutely insane story of chris bledsoe chris bledsoe's detailed experiences of alien encounters and ufo sightings have become some of the most debated In recent history. While most encounters are confusing or completely wiped from the abductee's memory, Chris found a way to unlock his first experience through hypnosis regression therapy. And he no longer believes that these ETs or aliens want to bring death and destruction to the world. He believes they are in fact God's messengers who have come to save us. In the early 2000s, Chris Bledsoe left his job as a commercial pilot and started a building company with his wife so he could be at home with his family in North Carolina. He was known as a deeply religious family man and a successful business owner. His company went on to build around 100 homes a year and had about $15 million in annual sales. But Chris was in rough shape. He suffered from a debilitating chronic illness called Crohn's disease.
2: Crohn's disease is a type of inflammatory bowel disease I know it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people causes inflammation in your digestive tract which can lead to abdominal pain severe diarrhea fatigue weight loss and malnutrition unfortunately there's no known cure and uh, can even sometimes cause life-threatening issues so it's a pretty debilitating illness if it's not treated can only imagine that sounds horrible
0: yeah So Chris suffered from Crohn's for about 18 years. For the last two years, it had gotten so bad that he was going to the bathroom 15 to 20 times a day, which really makes it tough to work. So he really didn't work at all. When he was 46, he also developed toxic blood poisoning from medical malpractice that nearly cost him his life in 2004. Since he was in and out of the hospital constantly, he and his wife decided to sell their building company. After this, Chris's disease only worsened and he fell into a deep depression. By 2007, he was able to return to work, framing houses. And on January 8, 2007, he and some co-workers decided to go fishing to celebrate a four-month job that they had just finished. He went with his son, 17-year-old Chris Bledsoe Jr., and three co-workers. They had driven about three miles out to Cape Fear River that ran through Fayetteville. They all rode in Chris's four-door pickup along a cornfield. And through the muddy riverbanks to get to the fishing spot and they arrived around 3 pm the weather was sunny and cool about 50 degrees and they all set up their fishing poles and leaned them up against sticks in the mud waiting for a bite after fishing for a while chris wanted to get some alone time so he made the excuse he was going to go out to look for wildlife at about 5 15 pm he took a short walk away from the group so that he could have a moment to pray he walked about a quarter mile and sat down beside a tree not far from the river He then headed to a small road covered by trees where it was darker than usual. The sun was setting and the trees made it even darker. As he started down the road, he heard something strange on his left side. It sounded like footsteps walking beside him somewhere in the trees, so he stopped. He thought maybe it was a deer or a turkey, but he noticed that whatever was walking had also stopped. And when he started again, so did the other footsteps, which just kind of creeped him out, made his skin crawl. And he got down on his knees to see through the brush and the trees, but he couldn't see anything out of the ordinary, just more trees and shrubs. He kept walking to a point where a bit of remaining sunlight broke through the trees and the sound of the other footsteps had faded. He kept walking west uphill. And once he got to the top of the hill, he saw a strange light in the sky. At first, he thought it was the sun setting just over the trees, but he noticed there was two of them. It looked like there were two bright suns hanging up in the sky. The odd shapes then began to move through the clouds in small circles, and the strings of fire burst from the edges of the orbs. Another light appeared beside the other two in the blink of an eye, making three in total. They slowly shifted in the air until suddenly they came to a dead stop, like they had hit a cushion of atmosphere. The next thing Chris remembered was returning to the fishing spot. He figured he had only been gone for about 20 minutes, but he had been gone much longer than he originally thought, like time had been distorted,
2: or he had lost a large piece of his recent memory. His coworkers all remembered him walking away when it was still light out, but he returned to them long after the sun had gone down. He was gone for so long that they had even gotten in his truck at one point to go and find him. They drove around. They thought he had just gone for a short walk. They couldn't find him. They figured, well, we'll just return to the fishing spot. He'll come back eventually. So once they got back to the river, they kept fishing some more, and eventually, they found out he had been gone for four hours,
0: and he had just vanished like in thin air,
2: gone. They couldn't find him anywhere, and he thought he had been gone for twenty minutes. So that shows so there's something. Like four hours, hours of on. time missing. Yeah.
0: Back at the river, Chris noticed his son, Chris Jr., wasn't there. His coworkers told him that he had been out looking for him for a few hours, but never came back. Chris panicked and went to go look for him so he ran back to the edge of the woods. His son came out from the nearby bush where he had been hiding at the edge of a field. Chris Jr. looked disturbed and could barely talk, but he eventually explained that he had been hiding in the bushes after seeing two red orbs about the size of baseballs floating three feet above the ground in the dark forest. When the red orbs got within 15 feet of him, he saw the orbs were attached to two translucent creatures. The red orbs were actually their mechanical eyes that closed like a camera shutter. Chris Jr. hid in the brush for several hours while the creatures walked on all fours, collecting bottles and trash from the area. After explaining what had happened to his dad, he said he just wanted to go home. When they returned to the fishing spot, he told the other guys what had happened. And while they listened, they noticed eight or nine stars in the sky rapidly shifting around in strange, distorted motions. The three bright sun-like objects had also returned, and they all watched as the floating light slowly descended towards the ground, about 100 to 150 yards from them on the opposite side of the river, and they looked as big as a two-story house. Someone mentioned they might have been flares falling to the ground, but two of Chris's co-workers said they had seen flares before, and what they saw in the sky definitely weren't flares. Frightened by the strange objects, they all dropped their belongings. Some thought the UFOs meant the country was being invaded, but none of them knew what was really going on. So they all hopped into Chris's truck, and they sped off. The lights remained in the sky until they disappeared into the forest. But they also witnessed another large bright white object over another bank of trees closer to them than the other lights. It appeared to be the shape of a massive football that had flashing spikes coming out of it. Chris described the spikes like lights shining through blades of a helicopter. Then Chris heard a scream from the back seat. Two of his co-workers had spotted a strange creature running on all fours behind the truck for a moment but it soon darted into the trees. Chris accelerated the truck until they reached the edge of a nearby neighborhood where he drove across the front yard and pulled up to the front door of the closest mobile home. The front door was open and the TV was turned on inside. Desperate for help, one of the coworkers got out of the truck and banged on the screen door, but no one answered. The house had been abandoned. The coworker got back into the truck and Chris sped out to the road where they spotted the strange glowing machine hovering about 15 feet in the air. It was about 40 to 50 feet long and it glowed as bright as a small sun suddenly they heard three gunshots ring out they assumed one of the neighbors was shooting at the strange machine the glowing machine then began to move toward the truck and pass directly overhead and the light from the machine blinded them all but chris noticed the machine was completely silent as it flew for whatever reason chris didn't feel any sense of fear in that moment if anything he was at peace when the object passed over the object then rose further into the air Turned north and darted into the sky like it was shot out of a cannon. Within seconds, it was gone. After things settled down, the three co workers argued about who would go home first. If this was the end of the world, they wanted to spend as much time with their family as they could, so Chris took each of them home as fast as possible. Chris and his son eventually pulled up to their home, but now something else was wrong. As he pulled up to their driveway, he heard his 15 dogs viciously barking in the backyard. When he got to the back, he saw his Chesapeake Bay Retriever, Rosie, barking out at the woods with the hair on her back sticking up. Chris thought someone was trying to break into their garage near the tree line at the edge of his property, so he told his son he was going to go have a look. Although Chris Jr. was scared, he agreed to join him. First, he let Rosie loose, and she sped off toward the garage. As Chris followed, he noticed the dog focused more on the woods and not the garage itself. He figured there might have been a black bear or an intruder further out in the woods, and the plan was to let Rosie flush them out. He gave the command and Rosie took off into the trees. Chris and his son looped back through the yard waiting for the intruder to emerge from the other side of the woods. Chris then ran up toward the tree line where he heard Rosie running. He moved past the tree line and into the woods and he could hear Rosie approaching from the side. Whatever was out there must have been close now. When Chris looked back to check on his son, he was gone. He didn't realize Chris Jr. had fled back to the house in fear, Instead, he saw a three-foot-tall being standing where he thought his son would be, and it was exactly the same creature his son had described earlier that evening. But now Chris got a closer look. This being's skin was the color of the moon, and it looked like it was dipped in glass. It had a glowing mark on its chest in the shape of a triangle. Chris said to the creature, I surrender. Then a loud voice rang out in his head, saying, You don't understand. I'm not here to harm you i'm here to help you in seconds rosie came rushing out of the bushes and the creature vanished rosie then kept running deeper into the forest and he didn't see her again for two days after chris's experience on january 8 2007 he struggled to believe what he had seen that day and the few days after he realized that his crohn's disease had actually been fully healed from the day he witnessed the ufos he claims he has never experienced another symptom and he came to believe that these beings that approached him were possibly angels sent by God to heal him. As hard as he tried to remember the first encounter with the creatures out near the river, he couldn't. His memory suffered from a four-hour gap he couldn't fill. At first, he refused to tell the rest of his family about what had happened, but he struggled to keep everything to himself. When he finally told them about it, they couldn't believe him. In their eyes in the southern Bible Belt, he was talking about something demonic, not something extraterrestrial. His wife and her family were deep into the Pentecostal Holiness Church. So whenever he mentioned his experience, they saw it as an insult to God. Over the next year, Chris was barred from his church and they accused him of alcoholism. After realizing no one would believe him, he fell into a deeper depression. He mostly stayed inside and waited for the beings to return. But his experience put a strain on his marriage. His wife supported him, but she didn't believe he had witnessed any beings. They argued over whether it was in his imagination or not. But despite their disagreement, his wife was confident they would work through Chris's problems as a family. She only asked one thing from him. She begged him not to talk about it around their kids because it gave them nightmares. And his daughter was also getting bullied at school because Chris had become the crazy UFO guy around town. So Chris tried to keep everything to himself. But the more time passed, the more Chris was desperate for answers. He felt that if he never recovered his memories and never talked to someone who understood what he was going through, he would lose his mind. So he reached out to MUFON, and they came to his house to interview him.
2: For those that don't know, MUFON, or the Mutual UFO Network, is a nonprofit organization of volunteers who study UFO sightings. It has roughly 4,000 members worldwide, with chapters in more than 43 countries and all 50 states. Uh, At first, they kind of began with just these really in-depth UFO investigations, but in more recent years, they've been a little criticized because their organization is drifting more into conspiracy theories or, like, the politics of outer space, which I don't see anything necessarily wrong with that. But I think people miss the days when it was strictly UFO investigations. When they first met Chris they were super anxious to get testimonies of his coworkers because obviously in stories like this with UFOs, eyewitness testimony is pretty much all you have, right? So- And and
0: you're trying to verify the main person's
2: story. Exactly, like regardless of what happened, if they could just corroborate his story, then they're onto something. That's like the foundation of it, right? Unless they're all lying. (laughs) Yeah, true, which absolutely could be the case as well. Um, they really struggled to find the three coworkers, uh, at first, which some people mm. say that's a red flag of the sure. story. Like when you know, them, of course they, they were, disappear. Yeah, yeah. They were your coworkers. Like you kind of know who they are. As far as I could find his coworkers were named Donnie Ackerman, Gene Robinson, and David McDonald. Sounds like fake names. I know. <laughs> I actually kind of thought the same thing. I was like, if you could name me three white guys in North Carolina, yeah, this, there you go. this is kind of it, right? Uh, so there's conflicting information on whether his co-workers ever existed and i'm sure if, there's no pictures of them or anything yeah, like that i couldn't out there. find anything so they might see
0: that's what's hard about about this because there's other like travis walton's abduction story his co-workers were there. It's this kind of same situation where yeah. you know he was taken and you know disappeared but his co-workers were i You know, identified police knew who they were, they were interviewed, that kind of thing. And so that makes it seem real, right? Yeah. 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 Whereas this is
2: like, eh, we have to take his word for it, I guess. Yep. And I mean, in the end, it's like some sources say that they did give testimony and they were all identical. Others that I found said they were never interviewed at all. So I found a bunch of conflicting information. So I, which these
0: sources are
2: you know yeah yeah it's, it's deep uh, internet shit right there yeah, yeah
0: definitely not like major you know academia yeah means. this is like
2: and one of the big problems was is that we'll see but move on i don't mean to skip ahead here but we'll see why they can't corroborate these or where the evidence is we'll see in a little bit why that happens but the, they say that's kind of the first red flag but i guess if you want to just keep going with the story, you know, you just have to accept that. Yeah. They were interviewed and they did corroborate a story.
0: And- cause that's Mufon's kind of main job with these types of encounters and sightings is to like verify its validity. And like, you know, cause it's like anybody could just report, yeah, I had this crazy experience yep. that beamed up to this mothership and
2: God you know, healed me of Crohn's disease. Exactly. You know? All
0: my, des- you know, I was completely healed of all these ailments and
2: you know, I'm, good to go yeah and so we'll see they do a pretty thorough i mean in my opinion they do a pretty thorough job here with chris as much as you
0: can i guess right yeah soon after the investigation into chris's story began his wife began to open up about the experiences she and the kids were also having she finally admitted that they had spotted figures walking through the house and also once spotted a cone-shaped object moving through the sky in town she finally began to accept chris's story after months of denying him And soon enough, Chris was in contact with the director of MUFON, James Carrion. Once they believed his story was legitimate, James assigned a larger team to the case. They searched the original location of the sightings and began piecing together every bit of evidence they could find. Chris was still desperate to understand what happened during the four hours he was gone. Every time he tried to remember, he would get severe headaches or pass out. MUFON recommended hypnosis regression therapy to piece together those few lost hours. During the hypnosis session, Chris was able to overcome the usual headaches and he began uncovering several missing details from January 8, 2007. Over the course of their first two-hour session with Dr. Michael O'Connell and the MUFON team, Chris began to remember some things. That day after first spotting the orbs, he had been taken against his will by four seven-foot-tall skinny aliens. They were hard to see because he was in a dark, round room, possibly on board a spacecraft. He sat underneath a bright light and could only see their faces in rare moments. On the walls of the room, different colored lights and control panels blinked. The aliens then claimed to be his guardian angels, and they had arrived because they could sense his profound sadness. They explained that the small creatures he and his son had seen were their children, and Chris sensed that these beings in front of him were his creators. From then on, his experiences with the extraterrestrials were spiritual experiences more than anything else. After the hypnosis session, Chris was contacted by government agents from the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, a Pentagon program that began in 2007 and ended in 2012. Many of his contacts in Washington have not been made available to the public. As for the MUFON team, they were also excited about the findings, but they wanted to make sure that Chris didn't have any psychological problems that would interfere with the legitimacy of his story, so they hired a psychiatric social worker, Debbie Joya, to evaluate him. After several tests and interviews, Debbie was convinced he was sound of mind. She concluded he had no psychological problems that would cause him to make up the story. MUFON investigators already believed his story by this point, but they wanted to do one more test to make sure Chris was telling the truth. So they had him sit down for a polygraph, and he agreed to it. In June 2008, they also offered him an opportunity to work with a show at Discovery to tell a story, and he accepted. But he didn't realize that he was about to walk into a trap. When he arrived in Fayetteville to meet with the discovery team, he was ambushed by MUFON and a retired FBI special agent, Bob Deardack. At that time, Bob administered a surprise polygraph test. He asked simple, straightforward questions about Chris's experience, and after the test was over, the results showed that Chris showed deception during his answers. According to Chris, he was asked 34 questions and failed only one, and that one question was, did you see an entity? He had responded, Yes. And according to the polygraph his response was a lie mufon investigators were concerned
2: but chris promised that he was indeed telling the truth so to give chris the benefit of the doubt which i think we should you know polygraph has been proven that its accuracy is just not all over the place yeah so there's no way to conclusively say that chris was lying Plus, it's, it's often used as an interrogation tactic, I know. It's it's like if someone's like, would you agree to a polygraph test? And they're like, no, then the cop will go, well, why? What are you lying yeah. about? Why don't you? Yeah. So it's, it's more used like that because it's inadmissible in court. You can't use a polygraph test as evidence. And plus, there's really weak evidence to connect the physiological reactions to a test and then just say that they're lying. So these tests essentially monitor heart activity, blood pressure, respiration, perspiration, skin conductivity. And then they basically put all that together and say if you're lying or not. But we know for a fact that people have tricked polygraph tests. Oh, really yeah. Nice. If you stay calm and collective, if you, let's say you're a psychopath or something and you just know how to, teach yourself to calm down relax not sweat you're good keep your heart rate steady you can trick these tests so and the fact
0: that he only got one wrong too out of all of them if that's true like
2: that's what he said but yeah if that is true that's kind of bogus so right it's
0: like of course you know it's like you got nine like what's that accuracy right like yeah one wrong out of 34, 34. like that's that's a pretty good percentage pretty small,
2: there yeah and like Let's say the polygraph test was right and he was lying about seeing an entity, then that means like maybe a part of his story was true, but he was maybe That's just exaggerating that part where he saw a creature, you know? I don't know.
0: But yeah, definitely got to take it with a grain of salt, the polygraph test. Yeah. According to Chris, after the polygraph test, Mufa no longer wanted to work with him. They're like, well, you failed the polygraph, so probably lying about the whole thing apparently and so the team no longer bothered with his case but chris continued experiencing strange things long after this a few years later his father was hospitalized after his gallbladder ruptured he'd also recently been diagnosed with cancer and suffered from a heart attack his family was soon told by doctors that he wouldn't live for very much longer they weren't able to perform the necessary surgery on his cancer because his heart was too weak so chris and his family were in shock they decided to get a second opinion. And as they waited for the test results, Chris went outside in the backyard with his father. And as he began to pray, he looked up at the sky and noticed a giant glowing cylindrical object above him. And in the blink of an eye, the object was gone. Chris claimed the whole family had seen it. But not long after the phone call came in with the new test results, the second opinion confirmed that his father's cancer was completely gone. It's quite the opposite... Uh, second opinion there right like, who'd they see the first time my god yeah, completely like total quack. no cancer <laughs> yeah. yeah when mufon completely backed out of the investigation chris was lost up until now the investigators were the only people he could talk to openly about his experiences and now they had abandoned him and taken their notes records and evidence with them when he and his family experienced more extraterrestrial activity chris desperately reached out but they just kept ignoring him In response, Chris stopped talking about his experiences publicly for several years. It seemed like talking about his experiences only caused him and his family pain, but he continued talking privately with scientists, researchers, government officials, and others who have had their own experiences. He would later correspond with Jim Semivan, a former CIA officer who also has had his own encounters. And he would later work with an insider scientist known as Tyler D., or AKA Timothy Taylor and Dr. Diana Walsh Pasolka who studies UFO sightings, philosophy, and religion. Supposedly, the Vatican also got involved in this case at some point because it seemed like Chris's encounters were miraculous. And one of Chris's closest acquaintances became Hal Pavenmeyer, who had studied over 4,000 cases of UFO sightings and abductions. And over the years, Chris told him he had continued seeing orbs in the sky at night. He witnessed one with his son and it looked like pure gold just above the trees near his house, about 100 feet in the air. It was in the shape of a diamond the size of a school bus and had flares of light coming off its edges, similar to what he had seen before. Chris tried to get a picture of it with his digital camera, but his display said it had a memory card error. Hmm.
2: Some believe that crafts might give off a certain type of energy. You've probably heard this before. I think I've know? said this in a previous episode. Oh, so, have you? Okay, yeah. yeah. There's like... um electromagnetic frequencies right. or maybe it's just something weird going on radiation or whatnot um, or but, magic or ma- or magic or just straight magic yeah, going on there we go uh, later he was able to get these orbs on video and a lot of them he just sees out in his backyard on his property i don't know his address but i'm assuming he lives in a pretty dark area so he has very good visuals of the sky um, at one point he even claimed that he was receiving boxes in the mail that contain these really high quality cameras with notes like just from an anonymous person anonymous source and it was just like get video footage of it get pictures he thought it was literally the aliens oh, sending him cameras i wonder if it was just someone curious like if this is real get it with this very expensive camera yeah probably we'll see, that, yeah you know, what's up um he runs this instagram page where he still posts his sightings uh, there are Tons, dozens and dozens of videos on there, but here's a few from his channel
1: we can watch. Yep, see there? I appreciate that. This is a connection to the divine world, and I think people are beginning to understand that. She's going through Cassiopeia. But I mean, the divine world is, is, is the consciousness world. or With my friend, Raymond, uh, this is July 10th. What do you say, Raymond? That's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Beautiful. Yeah. This is uh, two hour west. It's not more than how far you reckon it is from us. It's not very big, so it's a lot closer than what the camera makes it appear. I wouldn't tell you, you know, honestly, I wouldn't think it's much more than 1,000 feet up at that high. 6, 700 feet, maybe. And about oh, a quarter mile away. Don't believe what I'm filming, by the way. I'm sorry. Uh, while you're talking, I'm filming the most incredible thing. There's a bright orb running the length of my pond, and it has a tail on it. My Lord, thank you for this. My voice is shaking. You're not going to bleed this video. I'm 24 seconds in. Now, it's responding to our conversation, guys, and this is, this is amazing, I'm telling you. Um, it has an aura around this orb, a tail. It's shaped like a V, and it's very big, and it's it's orange, pinkish orange. It's still meandering down the length of my pond. I mean, this is incredible. This this is something very touching, uh, connected to your your loss and your daughter. This very well could be a sign for you, Jim. This is amazing. I'm telling you, you're not going to believe this when I share it with you, David, both of you. We're talking amazing. I mean, it's, I, I just I, I can't explain what I'm looking at right now. But I'm going to show you, Lord willing, this video. Oh, Lord, thank you, my Lord. Wow. Wow. Did you see
2: it? Wow! <laughs> Pretty wow, nice, right? Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's I, wow. So the last, the last one I think is a comet with two tails, as as far as I know. And that debris, I have no idea what the hell that was. Clearly, he sees some crazy, yeah, shit where, in his backyard. My though. God, I've yeah. What do you I've think about this case now? Show me this. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's just over here capturing it on the daily, man. Isn't that crazy? And he has a lot more videos wow. like that of
0: the orbs. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I did kind of notice is he was, ta- he was describing the colors, but it almost looks like whatever lens they're using or filter or something is making it that color because yeah. it doesn't look like natural colors
2: at all. Yeah.
0: and And the fact that he's saying that it's this color, it's like he's looking through the viewfinder or something and it's like
2: changing the color of it. Yeah. Um I also think maybe it's a hair out of focus too which is yeah. making the the lights seem larger yeah. like they're huge but I can't really tell. Yeah, it doesn't know. look like the the best camera operator
0: um doesn't look very skilled with the camera when yeah. it comes to recording. Cuz the other thing too that was kind of weird is like you can clearly see the stars in the sky. Yep. And yeah. The orb is like the same shape as the stars in the sky. Right. Obviously the orb's moving. But my thing is like when I've seen other people's orb videos the orbs don't move in this like arcing pattern in like a very like slow even sort of or pattern across the sky like that normally orbs are moving kind of like the like kind of hovering either hovering in place or kind of darting to different like and i didn't see any of that from those and i don't know if he has any of those on his page
2: but as far as i could tell they're always always moving, moving in across the which sky makes like me that. think it's a satellite there's a lot of space shit that we launch every year like. really think that he's out there filming satellites thinking it's orbs like uh, possibly so, damn i don't know because like you were saying the orbs i don't think he's
0: that dumb like i don't think he would be
2: it also doesn't track with his first story of when he saw no, the orbs though no. right because he was explaining that they were looked like they were kind of like and they shaking, were and, and everything he saw stagnant. was like close
0: to the ground too whereas this is like way up in the sky it looks like it doesn't look like he's capturing anything that's 100 feet to the ground right what i mean like it's what do you think those are i think the last one i think the last one with the tail i think it's it's either some type of comet or even it reminded me of spacex's launches you know when there's videos of spacex launching they're rockets and
2: things like that. And it's some a very comments, similar. Yeah. Some of the comments were saying they think it's space very similar.
0: Well. Like there was a UFO sighting over LA a few years ago. It looked exactly like that. And it was blue. And it looks crazy. It looks like, whoa. Like the, if you've never seen it before, you're like, that's a UFO. Yeah. But then it was it confirmed that it was SpaceX launching something. Right. So yeah. I don't know. Could it be something launching from like Cape Canaveral or something like that? In, uh, or, you know, somewhere close enough to where they would see it in their night sky, possibly.
2: Yeah, I think there, I want to say there is a SpaceX, I don't know if they have the launch pad there, but there is one in, I think, near Washington, D.C. Am I wrong about that? Which isn't that far from here where he is. Could be, could be.
0: But but the orb that he's catching, I just, I don't know, It just the shape of it is like, the same as the stars in the sky and i can't get over the fact that it's just moving in a very steady fashion like the speed is the same it doesn't move its trajectory. It trajectory doesn't change it's just like kind of going like a satellite would through the sky if you're tracking it through the sky Yeah, because the way that i'm thinking is like the lens is creating that sort of like orb look i agree because yeah. the thing about it is everything else looks out of focus too yeah so it's like he's got it out of focus to the point where everything's kind of blurred. And so he's probably like, if you were to see that in real life, it would just be a tiny little light going across the sky, but he's got his, his lens on it in a way that's creating the orb. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, I've seen an orb in my own studio. Yeah. Yeah. And that orb, which I never, I can't remember, never remember if we ever found that, that footage or not, but I think we did. Didn't we? The A whole few time, time? Yeah. yeah. We have it? Yeah. So maybe we can throw it in here so that you can see this orb that I caught on our cameras. It's much, much different. It's not like, it's definitely, it's not in the sky. It's inside of the studio. And it's never happened again other than that one time. And so some thought, oh, it could be the cameras. But it was like, nothing changed about my cameras. Yeah. They were always set up the same way. And the way that it moves is just totally bizarre. Like it's, it's floating like right next to me and you can see it floating like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
2: So yeah, I mean, still crazy footage though, yeah, regardless, regardless of what you think it is some, or not. Some cool sky action for sure. Cuz I wonder if maybe if it is a SpaceX launch is some of that that huge flash of light at the end, I wonder if that's maybe just debris coming off the ship or something, like one of its boosters is dropping yeah, off or
3: something and it or, burns up in the atmosphere. Yeah, something, or something like,
0: that.
2: like
3: that. Yeah. Eh,
0: I've seen more compelling or footage yeah and and again it doesn't like you said doesn't relate really back to previous experiences at all it's like all of a sudden like i've had these experiences and now i look up in the sky and, <laughs> and it's just, yeah, there's the all lights these float. lights up there <laughs> yeah. i just can't believe they're they're the, and he's clearly thinks that it's like a sign from god or
2: you know supernatural and if you if but you I'm think like, like if this was if this was something like either if that was an anonymous fan or somebody sending him those $900 DSLRs or whatever you think that if you really wanted to convince people because he does he like he really doesn't like skeptics which he talks about in his interviews but if he really wanted to convince someone you'd be buying that sweet ass lens telescopic lens with like the nicest camera you can get and you get those like tracking softwares and stuff to yeah. get the night sky I, so it seems like everything's shaky, you know. There's, I don't know what he's filming on. I don't know if he knows how to operate a camera that well. Yeah,
0: but. it doesn't doesn't really seem seem like he's very well versed in cameras. Yeah, because it's like our phones can capture pretty pretty damn good. What do you know? What date this was from? This clip was from. they these recent? fairly recent. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so Within like the past few years. I mean, you know? iPhones can take night sky pics now. Like True. really, like of the Milky Way and stuff. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, I don't know what I don't know, what camcorder, <laughs> what century that camera is yeah. from, but it sure doesn't look very good. I yeah, mean, yeah, it looks a little bit out of focus. But maybe, maybe he's he's seeing supernatural orbs. I don't know, because through the years, he sometimes saw orbs the size of a firefly, and then the next second they would be the size of a minivan. Pretty big size discrepancy from a firefly to a minivan. <laughs> but he would warn that these objects might give off radiation. So he tried to keep his distance from them. He also believed these objects were the vessels for angels that were always observing him, even if he couldn't see them in the sky. One of these encounters finally confirmed his suspicions. On Easter Sunday, 2012, at 3 a.m. Chris heard a deep angelic voice call out to him saying, Arise. Terrified, he asked "Who is there and nothing responded. As he looked across his bedroom, a shadowy figure floated above the floor and disappeared into the hallway. Now, if you saw this, are you getting up out of bed to follow this shadowy figure that just said, Arise. No. No, I'm pulling the covers over my head, and I'm praying like hell that this thing goes away. But no, Chris was like, I gotta figure out this is what is this thing so he got out of bed he put his clothes on and he followed the figure out the back door he felt like he was in a trance like state almost like he was following them against his will and then this single figure turned into three shadow figures which then led him out into the nearby forest they looked like ghostly apparitions and wore hooded cloaks he claimed that he had seen figures like them before They were naturally bright creatures, as bright as the sun, but they disguised themselves and concealed their light when they wore the cloaks. In the forest, he felt like he was walking upon golden sand. And once they got to an opening in the trees, Chris was presented with a meaty object wrapped in a plastic-like material. As it fell into his hands, he could feel a small rib cage beneath the surface. And that's when he thought, hmm, maybe I'm holding a living creature. But what was weird is that this creature was the shape of a tube and it had no arms or legs. He could hardly see in the early morning hours. Again, he was deep in the forest, but he could feel the object's form in his palms. He then felt the object's surface become prickly in his hands and he dropped it to the ground. He heard a voice say, "'This is yours, you must keep.'" After reaching down to pick up the object, the shadowy figures disappeared. Holding onto the object, he returned to his dog kennel connected to the garage. And he opened an empty crate for dogs, and then he put that strange object inside, because he clearly thinks it's some type of living creature. As he closed the door, he felt a blast of air coming from the woods. When he looked to see what it was, he saw a portal open up at the edge of the forest. Now get this. Not only does he see a portal open up, But then the figure of a 1,500-pound bull came through it and began charging straight at Chris and actually knocked him down. As it ran him over, he noticed that the bull was translucent and he could see straight through its body. He rolled onto his stomach and got to his knees when he noticed a beautiful woman in front of him. She floated three feet off the ground and she wore a sparkling white dress that looked like something out of the Roman Empire era. Her hair was translucent blonde and she had bright blue eyes. Chris said she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. Don't let your wife hear that. <laughs> not, not a good thing to say. So an artist by the name Doug Ald later painted a picture of her appearance and my God, is she stunning. What a beauty. It's always interesting to me because in so many UFO stories where people see this angelic being a woman and she's always a blonde oh it's it's always it's blonde like, what is what, what, why why can't she have like cosmic nebula galaxy hair you know right. like with stars
2: like it's always just I believe like that yeah barbie it's the hottest woman ever yeah, yeah. of course it's always is, blonde barbie yeah well are ufo sightings just the male gaze now is that what it is <laughs> You just can't know. escape it. You get abducted and thrown into a spaceship and it's just like, it's always like the hottest woman coming in. Like, I come know. on guys. Pretty sure
0: that's on uh an adult website. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Pretty sure that's a,
0: that's a skit. <laughs> at this point in the story, where, where are you at with believing Chris? See, here's the thing is he has this profound experience initially on that fishing trip kind of everything seems to to check out to some extent. Like, you know, kind of sounds familiar to other experiences where people have been taken. There's this distortion in time. They can't remember what happened to them. But then it just, you know, in a lot of cases, that's the end of it. Yeah. You know, and yeah, then they just, they just, you know, they go on to live their life. They don't fully understand what happened. But then this just continues and continues and seems to get more elaborate as we go along, right? Yeah. And this is just kind of the pinnacle of, of all of it where, He's now been run over by a translucent bull that emerged out of a portal that opened up in the forest, and now he's having this
2: encounter with this woman. If this Just, was a movie, this is like the third act. You're kind of losing me here. Yeah. You know the ending's kind of going to yeah. suck.
0: The rotten tomato score is starting to go down. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: starting to. We're getting
0: we're dipping below fifty yeah, percent at this point.
2: Definitely. Had a promising first act. Yeah, yeah. we then, were getting
0: up there in the 70s and now it's decreasing yeah, slowly, unfortunately. inevitable. So Chris is having this experience with this beautiful blonde woman in the forest and he believes that her name was Hathor, which Hathor is an Egyptian goddess and she's sometimes connected to depictions of cattle. So there's the connection with that translucent bull, I guess. Is that maybe it's one and the same? Like it came through the portal as this translucent bowl, and then it manifested itself into this physical human woman to converse with Chris. Yep. In a later regression therapy session, Chris said she was the mother of all. She's the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity. And as the lady hovered in front of Chris, she looked him in the eyes and said, You know I am here. This is your burden you must keep. You don't want to believe you've strayed. You don't want to believe what you've been told to tell. Chris thought she was trying to say he didn't have the confidence to talk about his experiences with the public out of fear, and he thought his stories would hurt his family too much. But now this entity demanded that he should tell the world about his experiences. She said, if you do, I will be there with you,
2: and I will guide you. This sounds roughly like a Marian apparition. Do you remember those from the Father and Mort episode a little bit? Is
0: that because she's a woman? <laughs> That's a Marian <laughs> apparition.
2: No, I'll, I'll connect the dots for you here. Obviously, it's very different than than other Marian apparitions that are actually uh, sanctioned by the church. Right. But... The reason that it's similar and the reason I'm tying it to a Marian apparition is, one, clearly he's getting some religious connection through these things. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's trying to connect those dots in his story. Um, But they usually make some kind of demand. Like sometimes they're like, build this church, spread the word of God, I will guide you. So this is kind of the same thing. If if Chris is believing that these beings were sent by God as guardian angels, there's something divine going on here. It would make sense that this would be an, a Marian apparition saying tell your story because it's essentially a divine story, mm. right? So that's roughly it sounds like a Marian apparition or maybe I'd just say that it might be inspired by a Marian apparition, something along those lines.
0: I think that's probably like the closest comparison you can make although i'm still tripping over the shadow people <laughs> oh, who the hell are they
2: you know i thought so this is my theory on the shadow people because you know how he said when they take off the cloaks they're this bright, bright they're concealing all this light. light so maybe is he trying to draw the connection to us they didn't want to like wake the rest of the family <laughs> when they
0: came <laughs> yeah. inside they're being very they're like, courteous we don't want the the light of seven suns to blow up this house right now when we come and get you chris so <laughs> yeah. we're we're being polite and putting on yeah. our folks thanks
2: guys i think it's i think he's trying to draw the connection that possibly maybe the orbs are connected to this bright insanely bright light so that what are these creatures possibly in the sky as orbs as like they're his guardian angels so like when they're unsheathed from their cloak, they're insanely bright. Is is that the line he's trying to draw? I'm not really yeah, sure. Yeah, it kind of seems
0: know. like he feels like the orbs are kind of like their natural state. Yeah. And then they like manifest themselves or whatever. They conjure themselves into these you know humanoid apparitions and in order to engage with humans. But then I'm like, what about the children though? <laughs> so they handed him one of these <laughs> beings children. Which he then thought, "I'm gonna throw this in the dog crate." <laughs> like what? It's just like, not a lot of things. Things aren't computing for me. I'm like, if you're having the this experience with the divine, okay, you're given a divine child. Your first thought is, "Let me take it to my 16 dogs and throw it in. I'll one get of the, in there. The crates. Yeah. yeah, it's and, a
2: it's a packaged meat too." He said, yeah. "So those dogs might get a whiff of that thing." go attack it that doesn't seem like a safe place to put it he does kind of explain what he thinks that is okay and also i think this experience also came out of i could be wrong but as far as i could find this might have also come out of another hypnosis regression therapy session because i know he did multiple so i wonder if yeah if he's just like i don't know just envisioning shit and saying things and piecing together a story i'm not really sure well It
0: only gets uh, more interesting from here (laughs) because this lady then gave him a list of prophecies, future world events, and even a warning. Chris has kept most of these to himself, which is very unfortunate. I would love to know what future world events were going to happen as well as prophecies. And we know about one, but she revealed to him that everything is a living being with consciousness and the prickly object given to him was symbolic of the natural world. He then understood that he and the object were the same in nature. She also spoke about the book of Revelations from the Bible and that the end of times was coming. Then she told him he would understand everything when the time was right. And then poof, the lady vanished and Chris returned to his home. Damn, that, that went down... What a trippy experience that must have been.
2: How much like would you feel better after that experience? Or would you feel worse? No, like, I'd I'd feel like good God, the onus of like the world is now upon me. And now I, I know to, everything that's gonna happen, and it's like it seems like it's
0: go and tell the world that the end of the world is coming. And yeah, that, you know, it's it's almost like now
2: he's a prophet.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, he's like sense. kind of been a, appointed to be this
2: human prophet for whatever this sense. hear me is. out doesn't it sound like the roughly the origins of a cult leader yeah book, yeah. Of, book of revelations oh, we know yeah. well, it's always tied there's straight like up cults that,
0: cults. yeah there's straight up cults that shit goes down just like this before
2: yeah and now yeah. he is getting divine answers from it's kind of what was the last cult that we covered the blackburn cult. the blackburn cult. doesn't it kind of sound like that where it's this divine apparition that comes and starts telling them things yep
0: i mean there's at least a handful of different cults that start just like this yep ever since his experience with this lady of light he felt the need to tell the world his story so after years of silence he began opening up about the ufo sightings and the many interactions he's had with these beings here's a clip of him talking about being contacted by these aliens.
1: You know, the next day after Easter was Monday um, evening. I walked out and, uh, and my back door is only six to eight feet from the water in the pond, it's a little cabin on the pond. As soon as I opened the door, this orb way up high appears and it starts flashing real bright. I knew it saw me. I knew it was coming. It spiraled all the way down through down and through the trees on the other side of the pond and stopped. And boy, my heart rate went through the roof and I was I was like, Oh my lord, this is it. It's coming for me. So I dropped to my knees right then. And I said, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. And it came and it came within twenty five feet of me and it stopped. And the sword of was bouncing up and down. And I hummed it for eighteen minutes on camera. And it put this message in my head this to, to to get out and talk, to start to tell it. And it the big thing it said was, "We're going to help you with witness and with camera to tell the truth, to tell the world about us. We're going to help you do that." Well, immediately the phenomenon started appearing exponentially, and. I didn't have a camera. I had a cell phone up for that time and suddenly cameras start just coming in the mail. I got two night vision cameras who gives those away, right? But some, I got two of them and this big P 900 Nikon with everything. And I started going out and in the last 16 months, I've taken over 2000 video. Wow. That is a lot of footage.
2: Yeah. He you you should go on his Instagram page. I mean, it's just like yeah. We'll link it for you if you want yeah, to check it out. A lot of them are all the same, but, but he's caught oh, whatever it is. He's caught a lot of it on there. I wonder
0: if he has uh, taken any tutorials on the P nine hundred Nikon or not. Because uh, it sure looks like he doesn't know how to focus those lens. Yeah, we should. I'll email him. Some yeah, we'll YouTuber email him the links. and yeah, tutorials. That's a good idea. Because yeah. I mean, it sounds like he's got some good gear now yeah that's a lot of hours of footage i mean that would be that's all legitimate that's probably the most i think anybody has of orbs yeah for real it's a lot of hours so since then since all this happened chris has made countless public appearances in the past 10 years including radio and youtube interviews and his story is now known as one of the most studied ufo stories in recent history in 2019 he claimed he was visited by that lady of light again and she warned him of a great tribulation. Some now believe she was warning him of COVID-19. She also said that peace will come and humanity will become aware of new knowledge as we enter the age of Aquarius. To this day, Chris claims he is visited by orbs of light on a daily basis. Daily, daily he's visited by these orbs. Why?
2: Yeah, it makes Why? you wonder.
0: Why is he being visited? My thing is, when it comes to any story like this, the ones that I, I tend to believe more have consistency throughout. And the consistency is usually as some sort of logical order or thought process to go along with it.
2: This- So uh, yeah, scale one to 10, what's the consistency? This
0: goes this all over the place. I give this like a five, okay. five out of 10. Oh, no, that's not I bad. give it like a 50-50, okay. say. Fifty-fifty. it's it's true or not my thing is it seems there's a lot of confusion about what's actually going on when it comes to is this because every time he talks about it he's talking about god and he like falls to his knees thinking that god is sending these orbs but as far as i know that doesn't line up with anything biblical like it comes in the shadow figures and apparitions and ghosts and all of that does not fall in line with what a traditional traditionalist you know who studies the bible would say because if i were to go i know if i were to go to ask a pastor right now about his experience he'd be like he's got to be very he should be praying for protection because you know this is something demonic or something that is disguising itself as wanting to help him but may or may not be helping him. But then again, I go back to if he was
2: really healed of Crohn's
0: disease, which is a
2: huge, huge thing. Yeah. And, and his dad, they think, you know, the second opinion, maybe there was something miraculous going on there. Cause there's just so many elements here. We've got
0: divine intervention. We've got paranormal activity. Yep, And then we've got UFOs, UFOs and alien encounters. Mixed bag a very mixed bag where do you put this on a scale of one to ten
2: i'd put it more towards i don't want to be a total party poopers i'll put it at a three what about you daniel be the be the party pooper
3: i will be the party nice. yeah. <laughs> negative 10. i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a one and <laughs> but, that one point is because i don't know how he got uh cured of crohn's disease either because i have family members that have crohn's disease I don't know how, it's, how that It's happens. incurable. Yeah, as
2: far as we, as far as we know, it is an incurable disease. So that if he's just somehow making that claim and covering it up, that would be insane. But and it's
0: severely messed up if he's lying
2: about that. <laughs> yeah. saying, you know what
0: I mean. Like that's just yeah. Because it's like why you know what's what's, I mean just look at that face
2: there. It's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's got a, that's a smug look right there. So. He is very confident of his, of himself, which rubs me the wrong way a lot of the times is that he's very confident in what he knows and what he thinks it is, which really makes me pull back. I'm more interested in stories where people realize that they could be wrong about it. They're really yeah. unsure what they're seeing. Sure, There's having some healthy mystery. skepticism
0: of even about their own experience. It like. makes me
2: trust them a little bit more. And yeah, he just comes off as like, this is it. He even trashes skeptics in a lot of his interviews which i'm like okay that's that's a bit strange if you want someone to come on board with you you
0: well and and what i noticed too just from searching around on youtube is that he only goes on interviews with people who are gonna just like pump them yes yeah like if you watch interviews of him he goes on and i know some of the people he interviews with and i know what they're about and it's pushing this narrative of like this is all real. This is all like crazy divine experiences without any sort of like
2: No hard questions.
0: Hard questions or fact checking or or yeah. even investigating it at all. Mm-hmm. Like this reminds me of a of a story, um, a very entertaining story about a man named Stan Romanek, which maybe we'll cover him on on this podcast at some point. We I covered him on my other podcast, Mile Higher. It was very similar to Chris in in many ways, kind of lives out. Out kind of in the middle of nowhere. He's actually he was actually from Colorado Springs.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
0: is where he he captured all this footage, but he took it to the next level where and he captured footage of an alien being peering through his window, and it is just it is comical how bad it is. How bad it's it super is. Super photoshopped oh, yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like he had somebody get in an alien costume and like <laughs> pop their head into the. Yeah. It's it's comical, <laughs> and the and the dude ended up
3: going to jail for child pornography actually.
2: oh shit yeah, yeah his yeah.
3: wikipedia says that he's a, an american author documented carn artist and convicted sex offender. Yes. oh boy yeah yeah yeah.
2: that's a, quite a combo
3: of but three his there. footage he claimed to get all this
0: evidence of orbs and alien beings and all this stuff too and it's the evidence looks very similar to mr mr chris Bledsoe's. unfortunately when it comes to especially the orbs and stuff he saw like stuff in the sky and it's all it's clearly like out of focus satellites and things like that that he's seeing and so my thing is like if you really have all this photo and video evidence of these orbs and stuff why not like actually create a presentation like actually like put it together in a in a way that you could convince somebody that this is real like rather than just like yeah i filmed it for 2000 hours and yeah here's what happened and but yeah, true. It was just more like, like
2: the sheer quantity of the videos he had. Not right. that the videos were showing anything interesting, and not yeah, not just dis- not
0: actually describing specific elements of why he thinks it's an orb or yeah. like the 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 movement of them. Like he's just saying that, like, oh, I see blinking lights in the sky. And, you know, it's orbs from God. And it's just like, sorry, dude, that's it's very hard to believe. Yeah. Like, so, I don't know, and
2: <laughs> I, I kind of feel for him though. Cause I, like, I don't know. I used to, I don't know. The the whole religious angle is hard to get on board with too. I know that just a lot of hyper-religious people see God in everything. And I think that is a very beautiful way to see the world. You know, it, it's, you know, you see a light in the sky and you can say, oh, wow, God's speaking to me. Mm-hmm. I think there's some power in that, but I'm not going to believe your story, right? It just sounds like it It might mean something to you, and you want it to mean something more to other people, but it just won't. And I think maybe if he just accepted that, it would be a more interesting story, but he's trying to kind of evangelize his beliefs and and push it on other people that he has some direct connection to
0: God well, and that's the thing too, is like the story takes like a complete one eighty. The initial story is he's literally abducted by seven foot tall. Yeah. Yeah. That take him somewhere that and we don't we still don't know what they did to him. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, you know, I was healed or whatever, so they didn't do anything bad to me, but we don't know that. Right. And then they're and then they're his son's scared to all hell while they're out there. He's seeing four legged creatures running after them in the truck. We go from that to now he's having basically encounters with angels is the way I kind of take it. It's like he has Through the, and again, from the hypnosis regression, he's like, oh, actually, those weren't aliens. This is just angels from God, my guardian angels or whatever coming down to, you know, visit with me and, you know, share what my life's purpose is. And, you know, my time's not
2: done here. It definitely seems like he railroaded the narrative to kind of fit what he thought it was.
0: Yeah. Rather than actually looking at, what what they saw Something initially objective yeah what they saw initially because they go back what's interesting though is that i'm trying to remember what what story it is there's another ufo story where a similar object was seen one with spikes that is a and that's what's hard too is sometimes i wonder if like if this story is concocted that they're pulling elements from other past you because this was yes. an older case where oh, i'm trying to remember what it was I don't think it was Rendlesham UFO, but it's another UFO encounter where the person encountered this spiked cylindrical object that was similar to what he saw. And it was either a a cylindrical or it was a sphere, but it was like a terrifying encounter with it. Like it was like trying to get it, get the person or whatever versus this was like kind of opposite. So I almost wonder if, he pulled some stuff from past
2: situations in and that, I think it's yeah. In that same vein, Danny, and I kind of talked about this cause there is, there are some visuals that Chris had put together, got other artists to render what the creatures he saw looked like, which we'll add an overlay, but uh, he got those pictures and I always ask, why is it always the creatures always look the same throughout every single story? What are the chances? So if there is, Intelligent life forms, gajillions of miles away. What are the chances that they look humanoid, that they have two eyes and a mouth and a head and arms and legs? Like, is that just the most efficient way? Because we're we're descended from apes, so it seems highly specific to Earth that we would look the way we are with our intelligent life. So, I mean, wouldn't you expect that those creatures would look completely could different? Could
0: be. I've always, I'm always thinking too there's a possibility that maybe we are the aliens in essence like we're not actually from this planet like if you look at the panspermia theory which is like our our dna arrived on this planet via an asteroid or something like that that perhaps our dna isn't unique to this planet but in fact it came from elsewhere i've heard that in in the solar system or universe so it's possible that our dna is very common out there
2: so you say maybe they're like distant cousins yeah we're seeing or something yeah exactly
0: like a lot there's a lot of sightings of humanoid that of aliens that look exactly like us and you know almost indistinguishable that
2: started from like the same tiny biological creature that somehow landed here Well,
0: well and then it goes i mean you can go even farther down the rabbit hole of like you know people talk about the anunnaki and that there's these ancient Ancient extraterrestrial beings that helped create the race of humans here on this planet—that yeah. like you know were hybrid with some other extraterrestrial race and things like—I mean, it gets it gets very wild, but there is a possibility of that. So I don't think it's totally weird that a lot of times the the aliens they see are uh, humanoid and and do look like us. I think I think that's a real, very real possibility that humans exist out outside of this planet elsewhere in the universe. Maybe exactly like us or in slight variations of us. But I agree. I think there's also a possibility of like completely different biology, wow. DNA, um, obviously would exist. I mean, I doubt it's humans all over the universe. I mean, right, that would be yeah. pretty pretty wild. I wouldn't want that. No, no, <laughs>
2: no. I mean, I think it was Stephen Hawking that said, because we were talking about, you know, sometimes we can see life forms coming down to Earth and we shouldn't necessarily see them as a threat. But I think it was Stephen Hawking that said, uh, he's like, I fear the day that we contact other intelligent life forms be just knowing what we've done to each other right in our own history if they are if they do have human dna to some or they're anything like us it would be a, possibly a very terrifying existence to come in contact
0: yeah especially if they are uh, at the same level of evolution as we are when it comes to our way of thinking and not being able to think outside of ourselves right yeah
2: like like the just imagine all the genocides that we oh, committed, yeah. atrocities against each other, you know? Well, and could have
0: happened on other planets, even. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you ever heard the, this, this hypothesis that there was a nuclear, there was some type of nuclear war or, you know, explosion on Mars. Like, cause there's, you know, no. they've, they've yeah. yeah, they've detected, oh, it's been a while since I've looked into this, but they've detected radiation levels in some of the um, either the rocks or the actual like surface layers of Mars indicating that there is high levels of radiation. Is it um, not just because they're at,
2: they have no atmosphere.
0: That it's yeah, like it sun is radiation? It's partly because of that, but I think that, I think it's be
2: Yeah. Digging, yeah we am digging from the archives. <laughs> we right need now. our notes. Yeah.
0: But, but yeah, there's, and maybe Daniel, there's probably an article on and out there we can throw up on screen, but they, they, there's evidence that again it's debated right it's not you know it's debated whether what the cause of that is is it the because there's no atmosphere there or was i mean we know that there's water on mars right we know there's water beneath the surface of mars so is it possible that in mars past if mars was like our planet you know how did it go from that to what it is now and so one theory is that because of the radiation that exists within the I don't know if it's in the sedimentary layers of it or of the planet or something. It might be deeper down below the surface where the surface wouldn't affect the rock layers are finding, finding rate, high radiation
2: levels. So it's like the idea is that there was a massive nuclear war yeah, or something. Exactly.
0: And exactly. Planet. And the whole planet was destroyed and wiped, wiped everything out. And that's why it's this desolate, desolate planet gotcha. versus, you know, especially since we know that there's water there. So there's yep. possibility that life in the way that we know it here on earth existed there prior and, which is a very interesting proposition to think about that. Yeah, at one point in, you know, the un the history of the universe, perhaps intelligent beings lived on Mars, and vacated the planet, and Man, either came here, or that's also a really sad tale. It's and a I, very I hope it's tale. not
2: indicative of what we're going to do to the planet uh, Earth. I know,
0: right? It, it really is. But circling back to Chris Bledsoe, at the end of the day. Either take his word for it, you take his evidence for what it is, and you believe that he is authentic in, in what he's saying and his truth is, is, is reality. or you know you look at it uh, like we do from uh, <laughs> uh, a healthy healthy uh, perspective uh, with, with lots of skepticism. because again, I, I go back to how does this stack up to other stories? That we've told here on the podcast and just that exists out there that i've personally read and seen and unfortunately i think his rank's pretty low in in legitimacy and just the evidence is not really compelling to me in any way shape or form and then just the inconsistencies of the story and how we kind of you know start here and then we come back to a totally different place which conveniently aligns with his personal beliefs his family's personal beliefs and now his family's in on it what would make this much more believable for me is if I could hear from his son.
2: He does have a podcast. Does he? Yes. I can't remember the name of it. His son's on it? Yeah, it's his It's his son's podcast. Oh, it's his son's podcast. Um, which I have I listened to a few episodes and, sad, sad enough, it sounds like he really, really, he's a little bit like his dad where he just like really, really, really wants to convince everyone that this is so real. Rather than just presenting the facts. Hmm. I don't know. I you guys should take a listen to it. Um, I can't think of the name blanket on it. Let me look that up really quick and we can plug that podcast. If,
0: I mean, not that his son would totally convince me that this story is legit, but I do I do find it also odd that none of the coworkers, as far as we know, have come forward yeah. and can at least account for the fact that he was missing. Because I think That, to me, is a big question mark. Did he actually disappear from the force or not? And and those guys would know because they were actually looking for him. That's a good point. Versus this just kind of seems like a a story that this family's holding very close to them and using to their benefit, right, to give them more notoriety, I guess. And I'm sure they're profiting off of this in some way, shape, or form. I mean, it might even be one of the sole ways
2: they make income but i don't know okay it's called Bledsoe so said so oh Bledsoe so said so yeah he covers his dad's story and then also some other stuff as well is it like a ufo podcast yeah and uh, I, as far as i know i think it's still going um but yeah if you're if anyone's curious out there you can go check it out
0: does he have a trailer let's see because we should play the trailer if we I'd, I'd be interested to hear what his son sounds like
3: he probably doesn't have a trailer as my guess <laughs> yeah, do have a trailer the name's pretty creative but, but it so makes me not so. it makes me not believe him even oh, more
0: yeah that's not a great way to convince people
2: to be like <laughs> well i said so so therefore it's true oh it's his son ryan it's oh not so chris it's not jr. chris jr oh so pff. different son but they do they do have a trailer. It's a 45 second video okay here. all right let's
0: let's play the video maybe send some new new listeners their way
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yo what's up guys i'm ryan i'm nick we are the hosts of Bledsoe said so yeah thank you so much for stopping by our channel just for a little background my family the Bledsoe family is one of the most publicly documented ufo cases of all time we're very excited to take you down the rabbit hole and open up about some of our bizarre experiences we've had with light beings government entities and agencies and esoteric knowledge
0: yeah but we're also really into pop culture like video games and movies and comic books and you know our favorite thing to do is find where those things come together and intersect that's what our entire show is about so if you're into that kind of thing check
2: us out thanks for stopping by bye, bye guys that music went Damn, hard. we gotta <laughs> redo
3: our trailer man <laughs> <laughs> Shh,
2: they- I also love, hey, just like his dad, it's a mixed bag of yeah. shit that they're all thrown <laughs> into one. We'll go from government agencies <laughs> to aliens to <laughs> light beings to, to pop culture. Games. Taylor Swift, is she real or
0: not? Like, here we go.
2: Yeah. T-Swift is the true alien, wow. right? All right.
0: You know, I will say, good job on uh, getting the setup right. I mean, looks They got good. the lights and everything, They got the too. lights going. Yeah. I mean, they got the sign, the mics sound
2: good. Like, oh, is that Lady of the Light up there, yeah. possibly? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, wow all right are they still going i think they're still going let's see last video how many episodes they have whoa 104 104 episodes yeah oh wow uh kudos to them yeah five days ago they posted so still trucking most i just uh, most well documented i don't know about that I don't, one that's but. a bit of a stretch bud Cause, 'Cause what is documentation? Is it just your By dad your saying things? Yeah. Is that documentation? Where, I don't know
0: and that. then he even said it himself too, Chris. He's like, Scientists. I'm like, did you come across any scientist review of their nope. case or
2: videos not, or not one. As far as I know, that's all public. he's I mean, spoken to scientists and like people in NASA, like well, he's spoken to them, but I, I've never found any like just raw evidence investigating his case. It's just him saying the story. My thing too, is that if this really
0: was the most well-documented UFO case, there'd probably be a documentary on this by now. True. You know, that's been the big thing is like, so I just, we, I did an episode on mile higher covering the uh, Virginia UFO, which is actually very well-documented and there's tons of, eyewitnesses to it the whole town saw this ufo that crashed there and beings also um were recovered from this crash and government officials have come forward to talking about it and james fox a very well-known director who makes documentaries on on the ufo subject made this documentary and he said that this is the most well-documented ufo case as well which is that's kind of a tagline yeah that's what i was gonna say to get you to to buy in but that had far more phys- you know physical evidence documentation eyewitnesses to back up all these claims like it's pretty
2: pretty wild so there that- was one documentary episode it was a discovery show called ufos over earth and i remember this was going to be like my primary source for info could not watch the episode could not find it doesn't exist it's just gone. on yeah, yeah i couldn't find the episode at all it's like, here's the website. It's there, mm. but just couldn't watch it. And there's nobody from
0: Mufon that has come out and talked about this case, as far as you could find. As far as I know, I think the
2: thing is, is like, I think the Mufon backed out not because he just lied during that one question. They might have kind of caught on to something. Caught that on that. Wasn't feeling right about the case, here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause
0: that. Yeah, I don't know if you can run around saying this is the most well-documented UFO encounter out there because clearly it's not yeah. other than your dad's 2,000 hours of footage, which could be, I mean, easily debunked because it's like, I mean, and I haven't seen all of it. So maybe there's some stuff out there that's that's more compelling and legitimate, but the clips that we saw today are clearly out of focus satellites and stars even. yeah. I mean, it's it's blurry. It's straight up blurry, dude. It's like you have this, this expensive camera and fancy lens, and you're coming out with blurry, blurry photos like that. It's like, you know, we've got photographers here. James is actually out right over here taking pictures of us. Yeah, and, James, James could get a picture of a UFO.
2: Yeah,
3: I don't know. To me, it seems like he had this personally profound experience. And then he just spent the rest of his life just trying to find meaning in that experience yes. and trying to find some validity to it. I and agree it just, completely. To everybody else, there isn't any. And maybe that's just how he's making
0: sense of all of it and it's, you know, kind of grown into this big spectacle. Because, I don't know, it's hard because it's like there's no way to know if he was actually... Curative Crohn's disease it's Not like we can pull up his medical records you check
2: and, his get a 24-hour surveillance of his
3: toilet yeah, there's no <laughs> yeah. way <laughs> <Something
0: like that>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we have to take his word for
0: for that i mean if that really happened i mean that's that's a i guess miracles can definitely happen so yeah, maybe he, good for him and you know maybe maybe something really amazing did happen to him and and something there was some divine intervention in some way shape or form but i just feel like he took that and then was
2: like oh well let's add on to this you yeah let's I mean? go and, as far as we can I, I agree that that is the biggest head scratcher about the case if it's true that his crohn's disease is gone is something happened there i mean that's happen. that's yeah. a true miracle right there yeah
0: i thought i thought your take of the Marian apparition was pretty interesting now because the Marian apparitions often um. Appear appears and happens in conjunction to to miracles happening, right? right. And I assume praying can bring the apparition of, to you potentially. Or I, I don't know a whole lot about Marian apparitions, but I,
2: I think as far as I know, I mean, she's appeared. To I assume like, if you
0: pray to Mary, you're ha- you're hoping that she helps you, or she right? Helps, you yeah. know it's. But
2: even there have been Marian apparitions where she j- she showed up to like children before. And the children were like, what is this? We don't know what's happening. And they went back and told someone and they're like, wait, you saw, you probably just saw the Virgin Mary. So I don't think everyone even understands what they're seeing when they're seeing Mm. it, but I could, there's gotta be that as well. But if
0: there's clearly this commonality of seeing this female apparition though, so maybe, maybe it's all connected, but people are just making sense of it in different ways. Yeah, I wonder about his, the church that he, him, him and his family attended the holiness church trying to, i don't think that has anything i think mary, marian marian apparitions i think are catholic.
2: catholic also yeah. i don't know i'm not on, really on board with the marian apparition because the virgin mary she did exist she was not a blonde-haired blue-eyed woman right right so that was that's She's from the middle problem, east so yeah. i don't think
0: that that exists too much out there it's i think that a dream
2: i know yeah it kind of yeah. sounds like a crazy dream
0: doesn't like it yeah that's dream. a good point maybe he was having a lucid dream or something yeah. where he you know got or sleepwalked or something like that and he he just dreamt all this because it's like I mean it sounds like shit out of a dream it sounds it like does. a nightmare to me yeah
2: I did the, uh, the way I think it's probably a dream is the when they put the object in his hand he's like because I've had dreams like that very vivid like objects just appearing and you're trying to make sense of it and not yeah. really understand and he didn't even know at the time that it happened, he put it, you know, he put it in the crate, tucked it away, and then he saw all the crazy visions. Another it,
0: thing I've been thinking of, too, is this hypnosis regression. Yeah. I feel like sometimes people just go to sleep when they're <laughs> hypnotized, you know what I mean? And maybe yeah. he's just dreaming this as, you know, under hypnosis.
2: And yeah. Yeah. I guess we never really talked about that, but yeah, the, it's kind of been debunked too. Yeah, you, you and I were talking some, about it. Yeah, yeah, fill
0: in people. Because I always thought that was something that is still, it's it's controversial, but still yeah. used.
2: It's definitely debated. I don't know how or in what context it's used. I know the FBI at some point, I think it was in the 80s, they began implementing this somewhat of a hypnosis regression which would make thing. sense
0: because that'd be a great tool yeah to be able to like have victims or you know killers be able to recall
2: yeah and a lot of it's solve. also like witnesses if they try to mm. be like okay place yourself here we're gonna hypnotize i don't remember what i and, saw
0: okay try, yeah. let's try to remember what you yeah. saw but i don't think that i mean how can I don't think it's possibly, admissible in court. Yeah, how can you possibly like validate any of that? I
2: think they only used it to try and get leads in the case, but they didn't use it as like eyewitness testimony. I could be totally wrong on that, so don't quote me, but that's a, that's my extent of that use as like a practical use. And I know people still do hypnosis regression therapy. I'm pretty sure Chris is still doing it kind of every once in a while. Um but there's no way to
0: know if they're actually recalling memories or having new ones being made on the spot. Right. Or just recalling something they thought about last night in bed before they went under hypnosis regression. right? You know, they're like, Oh, okay. I'm hypnotized. So I was laying in bed. These three hooded figures walked in and they said, Hey buddy, come outside. (laughs) I got something to show you.
2: I had a dream, like I had a dream. Last it's Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a dream last night. I was in Vietnam. I don't know which side I was fighting on, but everyone I was shooting was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> what the... try, try and piece that one together? I wish I had dreams like that. That sounds. That's like, like all of my dreams. I don't know why they're really? that weird. Yeah, that's weird. What Sometimes I'll have. Like. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I used to do a lot. I don't do it too much anymore, but. There's a theory that eating cheese before bed gives you very vivid dreams. Have you ever heard of this? No. So sometimes I used to like pound a cheese stick or some, just some sharp cheddar before hitting the sack and I would have very vivid dreams, but they're all really weird. Sometimes people from high school show up that I haven't seen. Are you like sure it's not years. just from all the gas you generate? From
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're just gassing yeah. yourself. All I'm, night. I'm
2: a Dutch ovening myself and my dreams <laughs> are getting weird.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, dreams, man. I know a lot of you have been asking for us to to dive into sleep paralysis, which is something
3: that is very interesting. A lot of people, I think Daniel's got some sleep paralysis stories, don't you? I do. This is another thing that I'm not a skeptic on.
0: Well, I think sleep paralysis is like it's a, a real a thing. known.
3: That's not a but like the demon. Sure. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Is there an
0: actual sleep paralysis demon that's yeah. associated with this? Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, they even say uh, we've briefly covered sleep paralysis on. One of the poltergeist episodes, because I remember having yeah, to did. research it a little
0: bit. It was a possibility because of what, what this entity was the doing. The woman
2: was like always seeing something and on top restricted of them. Yeah. And like she thought things were happening, but then she was kind of waking up or sh- losing consciousness and weird stuff like that. But they do say that the demon part of it is this residual uh, unconscious thoughts that you're still kind of in a dream you're coming back to reality so but also your body is restricted right since you're you're in paralysis you can't move so what your unconsciousness is doing is since it's still in a dream state you're coming into reality and you're conscious enough that you can't move so your unconsciousness is telling you that something must be there
0: mm, and that's holding like the, you down yeah, yeah that's like the demons like how it's making how your mind's making
2: sense of what's going on yeah. in a way the weird part is that a lot of people see the same like creature, which would yeah. Make that, a that's lot of the steps. interesting thing. It's like a black the- figure. Sometimes it has really long legs and arms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What did you see? What was
3: uh, I saw a woman, but this was not a beautiful blonde hair. But this was- <laughs> was oh say. man, this <laughs> was bad. a. It, it looked like a like cor- the nun. <laughs> Worse, it looked like a corpse okay. that had been uh, floating in the water for a while. Like, oh, did, did you guys ever read? uh scary stories yeah in the dark. yeah i know exactly what you're talking I know about yeah picture it's the too. one woman with it with, uh, with no eyes yes. it looked exactly like that and i think that's why did you read I that before that. you went to bed when i was a kid yeah <laughs> and i think that's why i saw yeah. that yeah
2: that's hilarious funny enough we um alexis and i brought the scary stories you tell in the dark book when we went on the Mile, mile Higher Media campout, yeah, we were reading some stories nice. in, the, in the tent, and that woman came up, and I'm like, "That's still the scariest illustration."
0: It's scary, man, I'll, I'll put it
3: up on screen. It's it scares me today. Terrifying, you should have yeah. broke
2: into his tent at night
3: and <laughs> stuck the yeah, book yeah. in his face. nightmare. Nightmare.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to we'll have to dive into sleep paralysis more because there's I mean there's a ton to unpack there, and so many good stories, or no, I guess they're not good for the people experiencing them, right. right? Yeah, they're terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Stories related to sleep paralysis, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode there because we could just go on and on and on. And you know, for the few of you that are, have stuck around this long, thank <laughs> you. But yeah, let us know your thoughts on Chris Bledsoe and his profound experiences with the aliens, UFOs, and Barbie, the Lady of Light, beautiful, beautiful woman. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode there. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Until then, lights out, everybody.